Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Hello and welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. This is our November roundup and I had no confidence in that. And this week I'm joined by Angela, Will and Matt, collectively Bigger Than Capes November roundup. <laughs> that was with better confidence for well them. Yeah. I, I think there's been such an uncertainty every month of what month it is when I say oh, that. that yeah. It's, 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 hard. Nice. it's hard to know when we are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's nice to actually re- record the November roundup in November. It gives me a slight, like, <laughs> understanding, but also confuses me. That's fair. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird logic. It is. Um, how have we all been in the last few weeks? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, uh, not bad. Um, you know, thought bubble, which we'll talk about um, in another episode. We will. We shall. Yeah, I I did not go to thought bubble, but I do have a puppy, so I figure it balances <laughs> out. Swings yeah, yeah. and roundabouts, you know. Yeah. Um, puppy um, was and, said reason. And we uh, watched wrestling. Um, Hangman won. Very happy. He did. I would have no. cried if he hadn't. <laughs> That's fair. Um, That's, yeah. You know. On brand. For you. <laughs> no. Um, I feel like we have we done other stuff? Has other things happened? No, probably not. Probably yeah, there not. was a, there was a small press thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was. I hosted a small press market and we had local artists selling small press and stuff. And that was cool. Um, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a good time. Um, I'm hoping we can do more of them in the new year with a little bit more planning and stuff. So uh, watch this and other spaces listen as well. Listen to this space. Yeah. Uh, listen <laughs> to this space. space. <laughs> Something about that doesn't feel right, but... In space, no one can hear you market <laughs> just gonna leave that where it lies and <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good i think Ads. advertising agencies will be yeah. after that they'll be in touch yeah they'll be there yeah <laughs> um so any anyone got any you know news or like trivia not, or <laughs> not particularly comic related just off the top of my head but i've been watching the uh the beatles documentary Mm. Uh, let's just come on disney plus peter jackson's like edited 1968 um it's quite hard to describe what it was it's like a, a show that ultimately fell through and then sort yeah. of became abbey road and let it be eventually um and because it's made by peter jackson it's about nine hours long and of course that means there's there are bits of it you think probably be edited out this <laughs> <laughs> like the fifth sort of time that you see them jam for like 15 straight minutes. I think the first couple of times was was pretty good. And now, <laughs> now, now you're just sort of covering like blues tracks 
exactly like any rehearsal goes like when you just get yeah. bored and start like start noodling yeah. about but i don't need to see the beatles do it i don't think but you also like just see them the genesis of these songs like you see paul mccartney kind of write get back just out of a mm. jam and then just starts piecing it together singing the melody and then at one point he just i say gets it right as if it's been you know done backwards but at one point he kind of hits the melody and you're like oh there there it is and that's really fascinating watching them like actually just that sounds pretty cool basically smash out this song mm. and it is it's really really interesting and it's a good watch boy peter <laughs> just isn't it funny to remember that we used to actually talk about music on here occasionally and like, yeah um and have and, and be able to play music it was a different time though wasn't it you know it's <laughs> Another um, life. i i haven't had a chance to start watching the beatles documentary yet um i've been trying to catch up on kind of all the disney plus marvel like i've still not finished what if um i think i'm halfway now so maybe i will finish it one of these days um also I, watched the first two hawkeye episodes that's what and, i was about to ask like i don't have disney plus um so i've not watched any of it um but it's the first one of the first ones um of the like disney plus type stuff that's maybe go of uh, marvel stuff that's maybe go okay um I've heard some really mixed things about from other people, but I just think it's great. I think it completely nails the like Matt Fraction Hawkeye kind of thing, which I know people had felt we were never going to get because Hawkeye has a family in the MCU. But yeah. um, I've also seen people who are really weird who are like, "This is more about Kate Bishop," and it's like, "Yeah, because Jeremy Renner yeah. is going to go away, and this someone else is yeah, Kate someone else is yeah because Hawkeye. she's cooler." Yeah, in, in yeah. a lot of ways. Black Widow was a film to essentially like swap Black Widows. Yeah, to give us a new widow. And it feels yeah. a bit like Hawkeye is that like transitional, uh, the the baton pass yeah. that. Yeah. Christ, I'd, I'd encourage Marvel to really do. Yeah, and I, I'm okay with it because I I like Kate Bishop a lot. I kind of think at this yeah. point, anyone who read Fractions Run and doesn't like Kate Bishop is kind of weird to me. I like, that, wrong with I like that even Disney can't surmount just like basic aging. I think if they could find some way to make sure that none of them ever aged and played those characters for the remainder of eternity, then they would. They would, yeah. But yeah, thankfully, definitely. Thankfully, they have the right to say, no, I don't, I don't want to be Captain America anymore. Home. <laughs> yeah. Frank, thankfully, human CGI is still a little bit uncanny valley. Oh, but if, if, if they were there... They would be doing that, I feel. But luckily, technology isn't quite where their ambition lies at the moment. Force is the hand. Yeah. Um, I also caught up on uh, The Expanse, the mm. fifth season, with the sixth and final one due out pretty soon. Soon? I don't know when, but soon. Despite, right? despite having quite a big gap. Like, I thought the fourth season was a bit weak. I've still never seen any of The Expanse. It is really good. That's kind of what I was looping around to, is the fifth season's just top. I think we should acknowledge that Matt's part of the problem, and if you'd been watching it all along, maybe no, it wouldn't I be know. getting cancelled now. Everyone says that it's like, <laughs> it's, the type, it's like actually good science fiction that I would like specifically. I don't know specifically what type of science fiction you like specifically, but it is really good science fiction. Hmm. I'd say the best like live action sci-fi we have right now. 
I think it looks really good, like on a probably on a considerable budget, but I think it yeah. like they pull off the CGI stuff mainly by having yeah. it in dark space. <laughs> like they do a lot to hide it, but in a way that really works. Mm. All the characters are great. Like most of the acting performances are really good. Um and most of the science makes sense. Yeah, there's lots of stuff about actual like G force and stuff and the fact that you 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 know, you rattle the inside of your body around when you try and turn in space and uh yeah it's really interesting mm. really really good looking forward yeah. to the final season but also sad that it's the final season yeah but unlike like my beloved final space at least it gets to end yes at least they knew it was the final season where his final space didn't and now, now i'll forever be heartbroken that's now the um, well, i don't want to spoil it if anybody is still watching final space which i heavily yes, encourage but uh that's now stick the my con- fingers in my ears for this bit. Now that's now the canonical <laughs> ending. You, you might say it's a canonical cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we know what happens next. Another I, season brought to us by Netflix, oh right? God, if, if I, right? They picked up uh, bloody the, Lucifer. They could, <laughs> they could pick this up. Because he's not your friend. Yeah. Every Netflix series I like tends to not get a second season. So mm-hmm. I um Yeah, I've noticed that. Live in fear. Just while we're on this subject and we don't normally do this much like preamble. Um but have you seen that is it PBS who own Star Trek TV rights? CBS. CBS. Yeah, PBS is the public broadcast system. Oh god, yeah. I love it if Star Trek was made through PBS. That is- <laughs> There so would be good. no budget. There would be no budget at all. Exactly. Uh, just it'd <laughs> yeah, be wonderful that, stuff. God, imagine it though, having to do practical effects though. It'd be it'd be so great. Anyway, or, or truly terrible CGI. Either would be great. Yeah, really, like oily, oily made in eye movie, oily greasy CGI. Um, but no, my point was that they have. Uh, they're going to launch their own streaming service, mm. and. Uh, to preempt that, have withdrawn all of Star Trek Discovery from Haven't Netflix. They? Yes, they have. Oh, well, they've already oh, okay. done it. It's, uh, Peacock, isn't it? No, that's NBC. <laughs> I don't know my American channels. I'm glad you're up on it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you. Uh, yeah, Peacock's so, NBC. Yeah, it's just that they, they, they've not even made their platform yet, but they've decided that nobody can see it. Nobody is allowed to view this property uh, in the interim. It, it's just it's unless you're in America, corporate dickheadery to the, the highest degree. And I, I assume this is going to fall into that kind of HBO Max, um, DC was it DC Universe territory yeah. where England will never get it, so we'll just be left in kind of discovery purgatory until yeah, but that's it. It's probably a series I'll just not finish now. Just be like me and just still buy things on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, but then I, mean, I th- yeah. then I've got like landfill in making, and I've I've already got I just know. boxes full of plastic that need to go somewhere. And I think firing them into space is probably the best solution. So yeah, well, ne- we've, we've ruined this planet. Let's not ruin space as well. Neither Let's solution is perfect, is it? No. <laughs> oh God. Just, I just put all our garbage on the moon and be done with it. Sit in a corner yeah, and imagine but films. But then, <laughs> if you put every, all the waste on the moon, you know, eventually that's going to catch fire and blow the moon out of orbit. 
You're saying build a second garbage moon. <laughs> oh, stop it. Exactly yes. on the other side of the earth. Yeah, well, then that's just... going to cause havoc with the tides, and it's just going to be... <laughs> but maybe that'll balance out climate change, who's to say? Or we'll hide it behind the existing moon so no, the tides but... don't notice. For climate change, we just go and mine. Um, we just go and mine ice um, from uh, from comets, and we don't. On Ceres Station, drop them into <laughs> the ocean. Problem solved. New ice cap. Yeah, excellent. I bet people right, didn't no. expect us to solve all of the Earth's problems in the last just, three minutes. But yeah, we said, we said we're bigger than said we're bigger than capes. We're finally proving it. <laughs> We're on to world politics and ecological bigger, problems. Bigger than cop, yes. <laughs> Never found a problem we can't solve in three minutes. <laughs> There's a podcast idea. Each, <laughs> yeah. each week, people write in an idea, and in a three-minute burst, we'll fit, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll resolve yeah. it. We'll solve the problem. So a basically, lot of it yeah. setting things on fire. So, <laughs> in, in the words of the great Vanilla Ice, if you got a problem, yo, we'll solve it. Yeah. Well, it's a new string to our bow, an unexpected one, and one that I don't think I'm ready for. But and one I mean, that may never appear again. Zach, I don't know if we can solve all the other problems by just using ideas from future armor episodes, though. Not with that attitude. Um, <laughs> Sexy female lawyer. <laughs> I, don't know her uh, I I still regularly think. <laughs> Like about the sex, the single female lawyer um, theme song, uh, wearing really sexy mini skirts and being self reliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. Shall we? Shall we divert to our uh, probably uh, primary should we, purpose? Should we Why the hell not? Let's try, yeah. let's try that for a bit. Let's solve <laughs> comics. Um, <laughs> Three minutes. Go. <laughs> So first up is the book I'm introducing, judging by the way the notes read, um, and is A Thing Called Truth, number one, from Image Comics. It is written by Yolanda Zanfordino, and the artist is Eliza Romboli. Um, in a nutshell, <laughs> I say that as if I'm going to sum this up really quickly. I'm not. I'm obviously going to make a mess of this. And we are met with a character by the name of Dr. Magdalene Trauma with a umlaut over the U, so Truma. Yeah, I Trauma. Trauma. That's what I went for. Yeah. Mag's Trauma. Um, who basically, and it's left a little bit vague, has developed some kind of device that will save lives in hospitals through medicine. It's also crazy cheap compared to other devices. Medicines. Uh, let's, let me just check. I'm not missing anything here. They, it yeah. is left incredibly vague. Okay. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Magdalene checks out at the end of the day, successful in her research, goes home, and when she comes back, basically finds that evil uh, big pharmacy company have um, made it appear that she quit her job, never completed the research, and has left. So they can be evil and make money. And and had a mental breakdown. And had a mental breakdown. Incredibly relatable. Um, Except none of it really happened. Um, So then she, I don't know, gets blackout drunk as a response, as is the agreed-upon, like, response to being screwed over by a giant corporation. And um, 
passes out in the back of a car. When she wakes up, she's being driven to Italy by a strange woman who's st- who's stole her car, borrowed her car with her inside. Stole. Who can say? Um, does anyone think I've missed anything, or have I hit all the bullet points? There's, there's also the fact that her, she, her ex-husband yeah. Naval, um, also she works for the same company. Yeah, and he, she hasn't signed the divorce papers yet, even though she comes home and there's a load of letters and one of them's like, urgent, please sign, and she just throws it in the bin and then he's on the phone and he's, I can't remember what he's listed as on the phone, exasperating husband, I think, yeah. and the aspirating like yeah. brackets, yeah. Yeah. I think That's through it. their relationship as well, like we see that she is a, uh, like a genius, but one who is negligent of sort of all things but her own work yeah a little sort of maladjusted in that regard like mm-hmm. yeah i agree thank <laughs> you <As> do I. <laughs> um so okay I, I was gonna read this anyway um yeah. before it was in the roundup um yolanda and eliza's previous book was alice in leatherland from yes. Black Mask, which I read yeah. and thought was really good. I've yeah, also read yeah. Yolanda's other book, Midnight Radio. Um, was a big fan of both and kind of wanted to check this out as well. Um, I will admit it's a bit of a wild start. Um, a lot happens quite quickly and we're left on a kind of surprise cliffhanger. I guess all cliffhangers are a surprise. Um, and I'm not really sure where this is heading. Um, no. But I, but I do have quite a lot of faith in the creative team, so I'm kind yeah. of optimistic that it will start to make sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's a you know it's a tale of like corporate malfeasance um, and like se- seemingly a a wild, uh, possibly Thelma and Louise style mm. adventure um, that I I think could be yeah really fun um i i quite enjoyed this episode issue um like there's a lot of life uh to the art like it's real like it it, it's really expressive like as sort of kind of as as sort of oh my god my brain is dying. Um, I had words. I was smart. I said things like corporate malfeasance. It was all downhill from there. You were doing great. I was impressed. Yeah. There's a lot of like life to the art, particularly Dr. Trauma is like really expressive, like when she's drunk and sort of doing like doing much bigger movements. Like mm. and the way like when she's like storming in to um her work there's real forcefulness and assertiveness to her movements and that then suddenly evaporates and we see like a like you know a, a much more vulnerable shocked looking character and then like it just like the emotional spectrum is really kind of on display um here and really well characterized in ways that feel like still feel like the same persons very much feel like the same face mm-hmm. um and things and things uh, i 
I like this book and mm. I think the the core premise of it as you said about the her making this kind of undescript invention which will be yeah. mega cheap and save loads of lives and that the kind of corporate baddies have turfed her out in order to sell it for the most that they can and, and make and make big profits and I think that kind of core premise is is good and I like I like that quite a lot there are bits of the execution that uh, didn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. There's a particular page where once they've like they've um, essentially told her that you've resigned and therefore kind of resigned all of your right to the the invention. There's a page of the perpetrators of these kind of like big bosses of this company. And the way they talk, it just makes them look like cartoon bad guys. Yeah, like they're, they're See, too aware. Like I think they're too aware yeah. of the, of being evil, and I think like it it didn't sit with the rest of the um kind of vibe for me. Like it 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 seemed yeah just a bit unrealistic in the world that had been set out. And I think if it was a more like broadly kind of cartoony book. Or more maybe comedically based, like that would probably probably mm-hmm. work for me a bit better. But it, it felt a bit out of place for me. That like like I say, I, I think even in reality, even people who do like monstrous things tend to justify it in their yeah. own head and don't consider themselves to be bad. And I think that that plays off as me as a bit more of a plausible stance than like. We literally know we're fucking this person over in order to fuck everybody else over. <laughs> it just being so kind of obvious and, and and knowledgeable about it just sat out as a bit of an odd section for me. Um, I can get that. I agree with Matt about the art. I think the art's really great, and you're right. It's got like a a vibrancy to it in both the color and um. And the facial expressions and a lot of the character kind of designs are really good. Yeah, there's a really good like fisheye lens. Um, yes, on her, on her like, camera. Yeah, and her glasses always have like a bit of reflection on them that gives them like texture. I feel like there's good detail as well, like with all the pens stuck in uh, her hair and things like that, which mm-hmm. is something you wouldn't get with a lot of comics. I also. Um, and this might be something purely for me and possibly Angela, but like Alice in Leatherland was kind of all coloured in like shades of pink. Yes, mm. yes um, it was, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to have more colours. Although I it still is. think kind of scene to scene, we have kind of set colours. So like yeah. when we have the kind of corporate bosses, they've got a kind of blue green colour scheme and yeah. then... There's a definite shift in colours between each location and cast of characters, which is really well done. I, I think yeah. it really works as far as colouring goes. Um, I feel like there's probably a technical name for that kind of colouring where everything's got so, like a... Yeah, where it's all ordered like that. A, and a synchronicity. Every- oh, words. Yeah, nice. Like I, I, I like it when we use a good word. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of take it different. I think I read this differently to certainly Matt and Will because I don't think the central thing is necessarily about the evil capitalism. For me, the way I read it was this is a wake up call for yes. dear Mags, and well, I think sorry, 
I think that's why they talk like evil villains because it's almost cartoonish in the way that they're in the story because the story isn't going to be about the medical device that saves the world per se. It's more about Mags actually discovers that there's more to her life beyond her work because it's pretty clear that all she's got is a work. I mean, there's that great bit where you just see all these letters piled up in her apartment, mm. flat, whatever. And she's just sort of wading through it. She's just ignoring everything in life apart from her work. And even when her ex-husband's like trying to speak to her, she's still all about the work. And you can kind of see why they broke up. So I think the hook for me, it almost feels like her being gaslighted and her work being stolen is just a catalyst it's an interesting catalyst because you don't often get often with these things it's something else to have a female scientist who goes through that sort of experience is different to what we often get with female characters in comics having life-changing moments normally it's it's very similar actually Gillen March is Laura we'll get onto that at some point but that's reminded me of that there's often a catalyst that you know changes a life and for me it's inconsequential who the evil capitalist doctor pharmaceutical guys are. And it's kind of inconsequential that they're just going to steal her work and sell it because that's capitalism and the world's a horrible place. And we know this. But I think you've got there a really big catalyst for her to completely change her life. And that's just sort of the plot that is given for mm. her to move forward in her life. It could have been anything. It could have been, I don't know, her work gets stolen by a masked vigilante, but it's not. It's capitalism because that's how it works in the world. So, yeah, I just think, for me, that the crux of this, this is why I was slightly disappointed with it because Alice in Leatherland's first issue I felt was a lot stronger than this in terms of establishing the relationships between the characters. We don't know. We don't even know the name of the woman who's stealing a car. Clearly she's important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and clearly she's going to go on a Thelma and Louise style road trip with her. And for some reason yeah. they're in Italy and, you know, it, it, it's going to probably be a love interest kind of thing. But I know nothing about this woman. I don't know her name or anything. So, yeah. yeah. From yet, so for me, that's why it was a bit. It felt like half of the setup mm. in mm -hmm. terms of that. I I think this would have benefited from being kind of a longer first issue. This is what like twenty ish pages. I think it would yeah. have benefited from a little bit more. Um, I do think with the kind of cartoonish villain characters, you, you could be right, and it's kind of the. Her perception of them, because obviously she doesn't know entirely what's gone on behind company doors that she perceives them as, you know, cartoonish villains. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think this could have been a little bit longer to give us a little bit more, which will come back around to something else we're talking about today, which I think could have afforded to be a little bit shorter. Ooh. But what? Ooh, Who can say? Um, um but you mentioned as much kind of in your intro and you're right like it just sort of stops yes you know, i kept i kept trying to turn the page like <laughs> um god damn it where's, where's the, the next page? where's the next bit and it just yeah i don't know if this is a case of a graphic novel that has been arbitrarily split into sections a bit like um oh god what was that really good euro book we read carmen carmen thank you um whether it's gone through that kind of treatment 
because this doesn't feel like a 20 page arc it feels like well, longer than that yeah, yeah it just feels like it's it's miss i agree with you angela i just think it's sort of missing a bit um i see i i'm not sure i think this was written for singles or that's how it came out despite being european creators i don't think this has ever been in any other format like gotcha yeah like carmen was midnight radio went straight to graphic novel as far as i know and i um alice in leatherland was split up into issues but again i'm not sure alice in leatherland needed to be it didn't So, so maybe it's the case that either in european comics that are written for singles because the medium is so strongly graphic novel orientated that it always feels like it should yeah. have been singles. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? Uh, did I yeah. just yeah. I, I kept be- saying words. <laughs> yeah, it's better as a full thing rather than part things. Yes, quite what that. Angela said. <laughs> That's very basic words. I'm afraid my vocabulary is not as good as anyone else's this <laughs> evening. So, yeah, I don't know. There's quite a lot to like here, especially the art. Um, I think, mm. Angela, if, if you are right, and like, I don't think it's going to move away from that pharmaceutical thing because the beginning, no. the beginning is clearly the end. Yeah. Like the first few pages is, is obviously going to be somewhat in the future. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. This was this is a kind of uh, wait and see, I think, for me. Um, if it's all of those things you've said that she um, kind of gets herself together and her life and everything surrounding that uh, while having a rad adventure, then I'm on board. If it's kind of just leads into the kind of broad character building moments, I'm afraid that that leaves me a bit cold. Mm. So this is a kind of wait and see for me. I think it, it's definitely got the potential to go in a couple of directions. Um, yeah, I don't know yet, but definitely plenty to like out of it. I agree. Yeah. Which leads us on to... Are we going straight on? Will? We are. We are. Okay. So uh, the book that I be presenting is What's the Furthest Place From Here? Published by Image, written by Matthew Rosenberg, and art by Tyler Boss, uh, lettering by, Angel, if you will. Hassan Otsmein Alahu. Thank you very much. One day I'll simply learn to say it myself. But until that day, I thank you. <laughs> um, the This is the Four Kids Walk Into a Bank team, uh, a book we've talked about before. Um, and it is the, the story is set in a sort of post-apocalyptic world uh, occupied by roving gangs of teenagers. And uh, it's all very mysterious. We don't know why, what's happened. We don't know why it's just teenagers. Um, and as we begin to kind of explore this world through the eyes of one particular gang of teenagers, it just gets increasingly mysterious <laughs> about what exactly is going on and why. It appears you get to a certain age, and when you do, you pick your record, which is just a, a cool idea without me understanding why. But <laughs> come back around to that. You pick your record and you go out into the world somewhere. Uh, and this story kind of picks off with... One of the, I guess, now adults returning home, but dying. Uh, and at the same time, the gang go out and get in a, 
a gang fight with a different kind of group of teenagers who all wear creepy pig face masks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> at the same gang, I love a gang with themes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think our main protagonist is going to be Sid, uh, a young teen girl who is clearly pregnant, but yeah. nobody understands what pregnancy is uh, to these particular kids. So they just don't know what's going on. Um, and by the end of this issue, she appears to have left their uh, little gang house building um, and has set off into the world to find, well, potentially the city, but again, mm. shrouded in much mystery. Um, uh, go ahead. I, I, I kind of feel like you've, you've nailed all of that really well. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, lovely. Um, and very much summed up what my first sentiment, the first note I made was, I'm not 100% sure what this is, but I think it's rad. Um, so, yeah, I just... I I think this is great. I think, I, again, I, I have absolutely no idea what specifically is going on. but it, I, w- it, I wish I knew. <laughs> it provides enough hint or just like little hook there are these two characters just called the strangers who appear to be very very tall women with (laughs) bags on their heads uh, almost like hangman kind of sacks yeah yeah who seemingly just sort of float around in the background all the kids seem to respect like they, they find them in their territory but don't don't attack them and they bring them there as babies but <laughs> and, and apparently take them away when they die. Something well, no, incredible. They don't normally take them away when they die. That's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. The fact that he's gone is clearly a big deal. Um, but it is the the laying down of these just very broad mysteries, and um, I'm intrigued by all of them. Mm. Uh, I think a, kind of no surprise after four kids walk into a bank, but I think the art is like is superb. Yeah. From basic just kind of penciling and design. The colour is amazing. Um, and that's sorry. Awesome. No. Uh, and yeah, it I think it just it looks brilliant. Um I really, really like the like graphic design bit on the second page when they've all got little like chibi faces. Mm. You, you yes. get all of their names and then every now and again they'll like pop up on pages when one of them's talking to sort of identify who they are. Um which is a good detail. Yeah. And there are quite a lot of characters. What We've got yeah. 11 on that front page, and that's not including the guys who are in other gangs or strangers. Or... Yeah, not all of them are like immediately important. Yeah. But it, th- but it throws a lot at you quite, quite early doors. Mm, definitely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. After four kids walk into a bank, and um, have any of you guys read uh, Dead Dog's Bite? I yes. haven't heard of it. No. Uh, it's really, really good. Really, really good. It's Tyler Boss's that Dark Horse book from last year, or maybe even this year, that's kind of Twin Peaks-style crime, yeah. I, I feel like is the yeah. correct description. Um, okay. But that was real good. Uh, yeah. He also did one issue of Turtles, which was really cool. So uh, obviously read that. I've almost definitely read it, but I don't. I don't remember offhand. It's basically the turtles to try and avoid being spotted 
I think during the Triceraton invasion, hide in a rec center, but that they they think is abandoned, but it isn't because everyone's been evacuated there. And these these two kids who are sure they've seen something, so they're trying to find the turtles while the turtles are trying to hide from all the people in this previously abandoned building. It, it adds nothing to the story that's going on around it, but fuck me, is it good? <laughs> <laughs> always, nice. always good. Um, did, so uh, if Tyler Boss is after a quote for any of his single issue turtle stories, come hit me up. I've clearly got. Yeah, you're, you're the man to ask. How did you use other guys think about it? I um, just go on that. No, no, no. Uh, I, I don't know. The thing with this was a bit of a stumbling block for me. Does anyone remember an Australian television series that was on Channel Five over twenty years ago called The Tribe? Nobody yeah. but me. Yeah, Matt yeah. does. Hooray. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Didn't uh, remember I, I remembered it until you said yeah. it. <laughs> For some reason, this just put me in the mind of that. And I don't know why. And I couldn't get out of it. I was like, there's nothing similar. I mean, there's, there's children trying to run the world, so to speak, or trying to do things. There's no adults, but that's because they were killed off by a virus in the television series. Completely different. But there's a pregnant one, and there was a pregnant one in this. Um, so, I don't know. It just... It, I just couldn't stop thinking about the similarities, so that was a problem for me. But I will say, very good. Yeah, um, good art. Um, like I said, the characters, I like that there's a big cast of characters, but you actually get to... Because I was like, oh my goodness, there's like 11 characters. We're never going to see all of them. They're never mm-hmm. going to be... And some of them are more important than others. But the fact that you get to know so many of them so well... Mm-hmm. I think it was really, really good because I wasn't expecting, because I can actually, reading through the list of characters, I can go, oh yeah, that's that, and I know what they've done in the book, which I think is a good sign because they're all pretty memorable, which is nice. That's true. But, I think yeah. The, yeah, no, I agree. I think the script and the voicing of the characters is really good. Um, and yeah, like, they, it's quite hard to do teenagers, I think, when you're not a teenager, but this, it felt convincing. They mm. kept they kept fairly sort of simplistic, but with with just enough to differentiate them all. Yeah, yeah. it it's not so hard that they're like <laughs> they've watched um, a few YouTube videos of a thirteen year old and then like just written down what he said. But, but like, they are yeah they're kind of naive enough to be yeah. childlike, particularly in a world without any kind of parental or adult uh, authority. So still kind of got that childishness about how the world functions, but they're sort of big enough and ugly enough to take care of themselves as well. Yeah. Um, I, just a, I, a, Sorry, Matt, you go ahead. No, buddy. I don't get the, like, I, I, I still don't get the album thing. Like, you, I, I'm, I'm sensing here that you didn't read the, uh, kind of post issue interview. Oh shit! Was there a post interview? Mm. Yeah, that'd yeah, be where, I... you, where your answers are at, man. Right. Okay. So I but didn't I either. Did laugh. But... I did laugh at the fact that the album they put in um, <clears throat> in the, the furnace is a Husker Do oh. album. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Just the bit with Sid saying that Hall and Oates looked tough. Oh yeah, they did look yeah. tough on on the cover of Private Eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, watching you, watching you. 
but basically um i think it's matt rosenberg in the kind of back matter talks about the oh this is embarrassing like the the f- <laughs> you're getting schooled matt you should be reading more uh basically talks about how like the first time you have money and choose an album to buy is like choosing a part of your identity or who you're going to be in those first records that you yeah. buy defining choices you will go on to make that's why the saturday night fever soundtrack was really important to me i was going to say what do you think what was the first album each of you can think of that you bought i know what it was i bought with my own money Mm. and it it was americana by the offspring oh nice we did did talk about offspring i think we did yeah i I saved up quite a lot to buy that and it was in the old days where remember cds still had like security casing around yeah Oh uh, yeah, and would be like fifteen ninety nine when fifteen ninety nine was quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially yeah. for like a you know a thirteen year old or whatever, like fifty. You had to save up, um, but it had the added benefit then of like if you bought it, you listened to it until you goddamn liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Had now, if it, I don't right? like it in two minutes, I'm like, well, I'm never listening to them ever again. <laughs> I I think my first one I bought with my own money um, was probably. Uh, number of the beast um the iron maiden album um but that there are two al there are two like i'm doing the biggest air quotes i can albums that i remember being uh like asking for um on cassette which were the smurfs go pop when i was like nice five and um the power rangers um more like i think it was called like morph in time yeah it was uh, like a yeah. really bad rap um oh no, i i i just remember it had like um the green rangers theme song on it and i um i i well, i was stopped from listening to it at some point because it made me fight people <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right yeah yeah uh i did want to point out one particular art piece Oh wait, no, uh, we need to know Angela. What was your first? Of course, I can't yeah. remember. I honestly oh. hold my oh. hand up. I don't remember. I remember the first single I bought, ooh, which, ooh. Was, which was Blondie's Maria. Which oh, was, nice. Yeah, I remember I having remember a, that. That was I the first thing I bought. Maria on a now that's what I call music. I don't remember what number it was, but it was on the same one as. Uh, I, could have been different ones. Maybe I'm merging the memory now, but I think Papa Roach. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and possibly Scooby Snacks by uh, Fun Loving Criminals. <laughs> there might. I have that same. Well, I had that same CD, and I think you might be right that it's the same year. We're roughly we... the same age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've well, you, you just you're just making me think now about like when we had that chat about Fat Records. Oh. Um, Completely forgot about that, and it was only about two weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so back to the book. Yes. <laughs> Nostalgia away. I, I like that even the art is kind of immature. There's a mm. there's a really great bit where it takes five like increasingly like bigger panels just to show oh, that, shit, that, yeah. that, that they've yeah. drawn a dick on his forehead <laughs> like yeah. when he's been asleep. Yeah. And I think both just doing that is incredibly uh, teenage and incredible. And just showing it off in that way really made me laugh. Am I right in thinking the first dialogue after that is something along the lines of Oi, dickhead? Yeah, good morning, dickhead. Yeah. Good morning, dickhead, yeah. It's well done. It's good stuff. Yeah, 
It is just good stuff. The colouring is so good. I'm just looking through it again yeah. and like all the shading and stuff. There were two um, design choices in this book that I really appreciated. Um, one was just the Garfield mug. Um, <laughs> and two was the fact that um, on the opening double page spread, um, they have the cool S and a black flag sticker so you know the, the cool s is also on um also on over his on his face when he wakes see up. cool s is everywhere <laughs> um it is kind of like what would happen if the world ended but it was 2002 yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it could be it's, it's either like 2002 or like 1996 yeah maybe like yeah. 98 flat circle um it's... We tr- should we try and identify this based on what albums are available to us? <laughs> well, there was I mean, talk, yeah. Talking Heads are in there, and that doesn't help. Ooh. Descendants doesn't help. Descendants. No. Descendants. Closer which, doesn't help. Which album is it? Is it Milo Goes to is it like Milo? I think it's Milo Goes to College, college. yeah. Yeah. Um, someone's holding... Um, oh, there's a Minor Fret album. I think someone's holding mm-hmm. Phil Collins. Um, oh, not... <laughs> The one where it's just his face, and that doesn't help because he's got about three album covers that are like <laughs> his face value, face value. <laughs> what? Is that? Is that? Just going to no, be I checking that his face value. John, I didn't really yeah. check out the uh, what they'd written on some of the boxes that are pretty good, like yeah, sad bad, stuff, not bad, so not so bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Has tons of great detail. Might not be face value. It might be no jacket required. Face value does have a picture of his face on it. As does no jacket required. Oh. I mean, I mean, that, if it's face, face value, value, that brings it. What? It could be face value. I need to get a life. Can can someone? <laughs> um, it, just if if Matthew Rosenberg is listening or Tyler Bate, no, not Tyler Bate. Tyler Tyler Bate. Tyler Boss. Tyler Bate maybe listening. Yeah, Tyler Bate maybe listening. Or Tyler Boss. If you can. <laughs> you can email us or tweet or whatever and just let me know which Phil Collins record that is. That would be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Angela, for the hitting people with the information. <laughs> also, when's this set? <laughs> just tell us that. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. But to be fair, maybe like, maybe technology, like, because there's no internet, clearly, um, has just like, is has regressed to a point that humanity has reached its you know has, has gone back to like its peak yeah uh, they don't or, su- they don't show anything that suggests anything yeah. we've gone back to our peak form when music was best uh, <laughs> actually no this is before jeff wrote that'd be before jeff rosenstock was doing a lot of stuff i mean really jeff did. jeff would be alive i'm just oh sure. yeah and like i mean when was wasn't he involved in mustard plug at one point possibly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right. As much I'm as I like this book, <laughs> who would know that? Oh, oh, sorry, Will. Did you not come for the Jeff Rosenstock bibliography talk? Were you here for Bigger Than Caves? <laughs> this was never part of uh, the contract. <laughs> no, Will, Will was here for being on topic. Uh, yeah, as much as I like this book, I think I think that's quite enough from the pair of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything more to say about about? No, it's about very one? good. Agreed. Yeah, I I really like it. Um, yeah, that's basically all I've got to bring to the dance. 
Sweet. Fair enough. <laughs> Is it so, me then? I think it's you then. Right. So w- the pronunciation I'm about to butcher. I apologise. Did we decide on Gwillem? Yeah. Gillamar. Uh, Gillam Mars, is it? Is it Gillam Mars? Gillam Mars. Possibly Mars. Yeah, more. I think yeah. Marta thinks the C and the H are silent, but. Yeah. We should probably. Like, yeah. yeah. The Spanish speaker probably knows. Um, we'll go with Gillam Mars, is Laura, um, which is published by Ablaze, which does not sound a great name for a comic book company because generally they're better paper, but hey-ho. Um, and it's written and arted by Gil and March, or Ma, depending on where you want to go. So it's about a girl called Laura, weirdly enough. You may have got that from the title. Um, Laura is in unrequited love with her bestest friend, Marcos. Marcos is in love with Paz. So we find out... and. I'm just going to do some spoilers here because there's no way to describe this without spoiling it. So we find out through flashbacks throughout the book that Laura basically made a move on Marcus. It all went wrong. Um, He doesn't return her feelings. Um, She's really sad. Her friend Elena um, then sort of takes her out on the town. um, And, yeah, she meets this guy, Louis, who sort of she could have a fling with she could not but he's really popular with the ladies it's all about relationships and how they break down and unrequited love and friendship and the human relationships that people apparently deal with um so it's quite introspective (laughs) yeah people deal with them i wouldn't know this is new territory um so yeah laura is a you know i'm not gonna say she's a stereotype but there are aspects of her story that will be familiar to anyone who has ever read any teenage fiction. Um, you know, it, it's very, it feels, even though it's written by a chap and arted by a chap, it feels very almost teenage chiclet tropey. And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. That's sure. just what it is. That's what it's like. Um there are similarities if you've read Carmen, which Definitely. if you haven't, you should have, and why haven't you? But there are similarities with Carmen, I think, certainly because there we have Catcher who is, um, she's mourning a friend and a relationship and ends up trying to kill herself. And at one point I did think that Laura was going to go that way, I'll be honest. I thought, yeah, Laura's just going to try and commit suicide because the boy she likes doesn't love her. Um, which was, you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's well, for what it is, it's a very well told. It's a very pretty, there's a beautiful bit of art where she's picturing Marcus giving her the moon, which is really lovely. And, you know, sort of have this glowing orb and he plucks it from the sky. And then it's sort of this glowing orb between them in the sea, Mm. which is really nicely done. So it's a really pretty book because I would expect nothing less. If you're into that sort of thing, it's really good. It's just that it is what it is. It's not It's not going to be for everyone. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I couldn't help but compare it to Carmen and think that that was a much more successful exploration of human relationships, whereas this feels a little bit more tropey 
and mm. Elena kind of bugged me a little bit, but I get why. I liked that they're all really flawed people. Um, you know, apart from Paz, we never see Paz. We don't know what Paz is like, but they're all flawed people trying to navigate the world of love and friendship and failing miserably by all accounts. So, yeah, there we are. Uh, a, a lot of what I was going to say, really. Um, it's definitely similar to Carmen in the kind of in kind of catches story from Carmen. Um, and like the backstory we get between her and was it Cisco? Cisco? Yes, Cisco. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to me that he says on the cover here that this is like from the artist of Batman and the Joker because Carmen has literally just <laughs> come out. But then flicking through, I think this is from 2003, yeah. which kind of explains why this doesn't seem as well rounded as Carmen. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because we've kind of seen this with other european comics where finally european creator has been given some credit by the american audience even though they did great work years ago and then like maria yvette did great work in european comics did faithless with brian azarello and then her older stuff has been reprinted via boom and i don't know other publishers and now it's like, well, that doesn't seem as good as her more recent stuff. But why would it? Because it's yeah. natural that people get better. And I feel like that's kind of the issue here yeah. is that this doesn't seem as good as Carmen. But yeah. there's nearly there's 20 years earlier. between the two of them. So I guess that's kind of OK. Yeah, it feels quite, I'm going to say proto-Carmen. Almost like Carmen mm. without the supernatural death element, if you will. It does feel like there's a lot that he took from this and put in Carmen, which I think if I'd have read this back in 2003 and then read Carmen, I I would probably like it more because I wouldn't be comparing it to a later work. And it's a shame that it has taken this long for it to appear in English. Yeah, it would have been nice to watch the evolution of it like rather than just have to look back, like rather than have to look back on it. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think it's it's good that we're finally getting more European comics translated to England. England translated to English. Um, I wish that could just happen anyway. Like, yeah, the cool stuff could yeah. get... Tra- even not the cool stuff, all the stuff. I feel like if it's... I feel like we should get more European stuff than we get american stuff at times absolutely yeah it's weird that we get more american comics and more japanese comics than we get european comics when it's I mean, definitely I think closer should have hit, hit the nail on the head with the fact that americans write in a language we can read <laughs> i mean yeah. uh, in a way that's just cheating though isn't it um, yeah 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 but, uh, yeah. but no i I am glad we've got this, but I, yeah. I would agree that it is quite proto-Carmen, and it does feel a little bit disjointed at times. I don't know yes. if that was just me. No. Um, it, okay. I think it's trying to integrate the flashbacks into the current... That's the thing, because it was quite confusing. You, you open and you realise that something emotional has happened, but then and then you're going forward and then you're going back. It doesn't quite flow. The flashbacks and the current story aren't integrated seamlessly 
I agree. Um, I would be interested, and obviously we can't be that, that person, I would be interested to see what someone thinks of this who's read this before Carmen. Yeah. I think that would probably help our thoughts, feelings, emotions, mm. stuff. I mean, I've, I've not read all of Carmen. Um, you need to. I've not finished Thank it you. either, actually. You, you both you need, need to. to. <laughs> yeah, you need to. I'm um, saying this before. What it meant was I didn't have as direct a comparative thing. Um, yes, that makes sense. I do think the art is quite nice in here. Um, but the the supernatural element of Carmen makes a surprisingly big difference for me. Ultimately, um, it, I actually found this a bit boring. Um, I can understand that. You know, I just, it didn't, with Carmen, because it has that supernatural thing, it just, it feels like it has a much bigger scope to look at it's sort of a human's impact in the world because you can see her entire life. And obviously, I say, I don't know where it, where it goes, but at least that's the impression I get on the launch in Carmen. Um, as where, yeah, this just seems to be following a group of characters. And I don't really like any of them. And, mm. Um, and that's not always a necessity. Like it's all, it sometimes upsets me when people say like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like this character." And you think you're not supposed to. <laughs> like that's that's why they're a good character. So it's not it's not particularly from that angle. But I also don't care about any of these characters. I don't really care like mm. what sort of what happens in their relationships. Hasn't it just didn't yeah. grab me in that way? Uh, unfortunately, I think some of it is not its own fault. It's clearly been translated, and some of the text is just a little bit stilted sometimes. That I can absolutely forgive. Like I'm not gonna uh, not gonna tear it apart from that. There are a couple of things like uh, this one seems to be made up of like two smaller chapters. Yes, yeah. It has little sort of I don't know if they're covers or just kind of dividers. I really don't like them. <laughs> I think they look ugly. Um, uh, I normally don't really care about covers and stuff, but I completely agree. Um, I feel like they seem almost like collage mood board kind of thing, yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah, which is kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe it is setting a certain tone that, as a thirty-three-year-old man, <laughs> I'm just not understanding. But um, yeah, I just didn't like them. The actual like art itself is is of course like very nice. Um, it doesn't have I don't want to keep we've all compared it too much to Carmen but yeah this kind of inventiveness in like panel work and stuff isn't quite there yet I think it's a bit mm. more standard yeah. in, in that but the actual kind of pencil work and faces uh, and a lot of the colouring I think is really nice I agree with you Angela that like dream sequence is the standout moment I think yeah. uh, art wise but yeah I just as where Carmen did get me very excited to see what happened next. Um, it didn't didn't get its hooks in me, this one. I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I, right. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I remembered the term I was trying to remember for what the covers kind of are. Not exactly, but quite. Like, uh, Fiametti. Um, like, the Italian, like, it's, I can't remember whether it's Italian or French um, term for like photo comics. Um, okay. Yes, they're not quite, mm. but they're like in that they're not really telling a story. But yeah, 
Um, sorry, that was going to bug me if I didn't if I didn't say it. <laughs> um, I was just going to say I don't. I don't think the writing is as good as Carmen is, and I don't think the art is as good as Carmen yeah. is, but I no. think it, it definitely shows a consistency that yeah. carries yeah. on through Batman, it's... Gotham City Sirens, into Carmen. And um, lettering is good, though, isn't it? Yeah. Lettering A+. plus. It's one of those things where, like you say, if you saw it mm. as, as like your first comic by this person, you'd go, oh, they've got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um... And like, I can't wait to see where they go. But again, after having seen where they go, it's harder. It is harder to go back. Now, yeah. that's that's interesting that you you raise the lettering. Now, now this isn't my ballpark, I'll admit. <laughs> and again, a lot of this I kind of put down to. I imagine the speech bubbles are there for the original language. Yes. Uh but there's a lot of times when they've had to hyphenate single words. Mm. And there's yeah. enough room in that bubble. You just need to move it around a bit. Mm. And, yeah, uh, that's true. I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I think like, you know, the typeface is, is nice enough. And I think that when it gets into some of the bigger moments where it's filling a speech bubble is good lettering, but actually on, on several kind of occasions, there's one page in particular, it does it twice. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, God. that that is a good point. There are no page yeah, numbers. Will, Will it's, has it, exposed the flaw in the lettering. It's sort of towards yeah. the end. Uh, one character says, "Is she pretty?" Yeah, that and then is. Yeah. it says that is she has weird, some. But I don't know why. She has mm. something, and in both cases, if you just put the full word on the line underneath, it would definitely fit. Anyway, yeah, I'd not thought about that. That is, other than yeah. a couple of instances of that, though. Pretty consistent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, it, it, that, really good. A bit like the script itself. It was something I put down to that it's been done after the fact. They've, somebody has had to come yeah, and fill in the text in these bubbles. So I'm not, I'm certainly not like putting it down, but I, I, I didn't pick it out and think this is particularly good lettering. Please. I don't think anyone's actually credited for it either. Gillen March is credited for it. He's credited the lettering, so... It's interesting to me, though, that it's credited that he did the script, art, and colours, and then separate credit that he did lettering and design. Let, yeah. like, And then cover artist. Like, just give him credit for everything once. Same so thing. Yes, me. creator of it. all the things, yeah. <laughs> Comic what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Gear match, done the work. Just yeah. <laughs> think. Number one, number one employee. Yeah. Employee of the month again. Anyone anyone got anything else they want to throw in about this? Um, not really. Uh and anyone looking forward to finding out what the other stories are? Yes. Um, yes. It only really occurred to me when we started talking about it now that it's called Laura and Other Stories. Stories, yeah. It's not a glamorous name. <laughs> no, but I think it can be like I mean, Carmen itself is a bit more of an unusual name, but I think that on its own has an impact, doesn't it? I think a single name. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of washed over me, this one. Mm. Um, so, shall we uh, move on? Then? Indeed. Yes. Let, uh, let us go, then. 
on to We Only Kill Each Other. Um, this was um, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Peter Krause, uh, colours by Ellie Wright. And I cannot see who that says the letter is. The letter uh, is a, oh. a larger okay. world, Troy Petrie. Cool. Oh, Troy Pantera. Troy Pantera. Yeah, that Troy would be the correct one. No, um, yeah, him. Troy, Troy Walk. Um, Troy Pantera's Walk. Um, yeah. What I got there? Uh, um, sorry, yeah, it's um, uh, We Only Kill Each Other, uh, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Peter Krause, uh, colours by Ellie Wright, and uh, lettering by Troy Pateri, and uh, covers by dave johnson um yeah so this is a book about something i find quite you know quite interesting which is like um american like nazism in the uh lead up and then later on like duration of um the second world war um from the but um from the point of view of um jewish american gangsters um and basically it's going to be uh, it's 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 a book that seems to be about the mob going to war um against american nazism um which is a story we've all been waiting for pretty cool like it's central characters from uh at the start um are uh jonas kaminsky um, who is like seemingly like an up and coming um like mob uh, like mobster who is who's been hitting like the rackets of um like the local sort of uh boss uh Levi Solomon um and yeah it's like this first issue is just kind of about establishing the characters um of the two of them like uh levi who is like quite a religiously observant uh like quite a religiously observant like jewish uh jewish man like who um there's a really great uh bit where he's um reminded by um the by like a a person uh who he's uh who his men have captured that it's uh it's uh the shabbat um and that uh that yeah uh and and so like he shouldn't kill him um because it's it's work um so he asks one of his henchmen if they're if they're uh religious um and hands them the gun um (laughs) And it's yeah, there, there's there, there's there's like let's do it like um like I say Jonas is this up and coming sort of rough and like much more rough and tumble um guy. We see him you know fight um so, like fight like a, an anti-Semitic uh like German uh like at least supporter um I I really enjoyed this book um i find the history of um 
American Nazism really uh, fascinating. Like, especially when you find like the 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 pictures and like the footage um, of like the American Nazi summer camps and American Nazi um, conferences um, from the period. It's absolutely terrifying. I mean, in the same way that you know we had um, all of our um, all of our various um, dalliances with um, with Nazism and like outright mask off fascism with like uh, Mosley and stuff. America's um, versions of that are really interesting. So it's like coming at it, like it's it, it, it's got subject matter that yeah is uh, is interesting to me and I appreciate the kind of like the, the I, I, I like the ending of this as a first issue as well. Like we've established the characters. Um, they're like thing, things come to like a boiling point, and then all of a sudden it's it's diffused, and we know that both of the characters are going to be like it's diffused by like the police coming in um, and arresting them both. And we know that therefore they're both going to be in a situation uh, like that. That the that the situation changes. They no longer have like the ability to just outright kill each other. Um, and we're going to see them presumably um, decide to start killing Nazis. Tales all this time, truly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I I quite I quite enjoyed this book as well. I think in a in a pretty well worn period of time for storytelling, it does feel like quite an interesting um, angle to come in at it and to sort of I guess in this period of time is finally put some Jewish people perhaps in a bit of a position of power, like within within the storytelling, because uh, in this period of time, at least from American and British points of view, it tends to just be us saving like, yeah. the good, good old boys coming and saving the Jewish people from the Nazis. When I think it's nice to not nice. This is, this, this is going to be a grim book. <laughs> it's not going to be oh, nice. Yeah. But no, I think it's fun to have that kind of emblematic um, set of Jewish characters. Um, I like that they, they they are very complicated characters, and none of the main cast that you're introduced to early on are clearly good guys and they very yeah. much say, say as much in his in uh in his monologues i've forgotten them jonas jonas jonas's kind of monologue throughout it that you know they're not good people but they might be the right the right type of bad people for the, <laughs> yes for the worst yeah. bad people and it is very pulpy um the art has a kind of updated sort of 70s 80s style I felt yeah. in terms of how it, like the penciling and stuff, it just gave it a very pulpy feel. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's going to be a rip-roaring adventure. Sorry, Zach. Uh, incidentally, on the pulpy uh, artwork, Peter Krause is the artist who did uh, like that second volume or prequel volume of <sighs> The Wrong Earth, uh, Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man. Yes. Oh, cool. so, oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. that makes sense now. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I mean, he's been doing comics for a long time, oh, so yeah. I guess... Oh, yeah, he did, um, he did Irredeemable, didn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, I think oh, so. Um, oh, and okay, you can yeah, see bits, 
you can see bits of um like uh, of like the irredeemable art but just like yeah kind of like more de- like almost more developed like le- like but uh, you see it most. it's been some time right yeah but i i always see it most when there's a few panels um up close of like of levi's face Mm. um and at those moments i'm like oh yeah this is the guy who did irredeemable um but with the with like with the coloring uh on it and the shading like it's much different i love how like the like jonas um looks looks like at, at points looks like such a a shaken character like mm. you never see his eyes open um like properly he's got those like just the where you draw almost like two lines as eyes through most of his appearances i think you only see his eyes um open in the last page of it and he's got that lantern jaw um he is just like your um Oh, is it Jack of Hearts in uh, in Marvel? Um, I, I'm gonna have to look this up. Um, yes, yeah, you... Jack of yeah, Jack of Hearts. Like getting into uh, your own niche there, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know I am, but like he's got like elements of, of like that, like like shaking looking stuff. It's it, it's it's really good. Um, and I think, yeah, just has, has a lot of room for, like, exploration of, like, race, religion, um, and everything in it. And, like, the, like, the, 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 the fact of basically saying, oh, yeah, to be racist in, like, to be racist in America even to be like anti-Semitic in America, um, you didn't need to be a Nazi. <laughs> like, no. you know, like that's mm. a thing I hope it kind of will look at as well. Mm. Is that like, that, you know, it was all happening uh, there, you know, long before the Nazis. Um, it And it's, you know, it's still happening like um, differently um but it's it's still there and like it'll be interesting to see like i say how it kind of talks about like the less like less overt like less mask off racism Mm. um and how it yeah just approaches like racism that isn't someone you know someone wearing a clan hood yeah i think it's going to be fun in the way that the kind of the best crime fiction is fun yeah. though is when you are yeah. asked to sympathize, sympathize with these with bad for the villain these real yeah. bastards and they're gonna be and they're gonna get like we're gonna see them do worse things i think before this before the series runs um but it's against nazis which is which great, is literally like history's the greatest get enemy out of jail <laughs> yeah yeah everybody's favorite punching yeah. bag and uh yeah i'm cool with it i just i do think it kind yeah. of it it feels like a just a very 
simple premise that I think if done with enough nuance and uh, just really fun story beats, I, yes. I think it will just be an incredibly like fun, fun. quite um, perhaps Healthy. a bit. Yeah, perhaps a bit kind of violence aggrandizing, but in the you know in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah, you know a good target if you're going to. Um, yeah, like, like a good revenge flick where you you know you punch yeah. in the air when somebody's head gets pulled off. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's great that basically the people you're rooting for are the bad guys. Like I think he says there are basically no heroes in this book. We're all villains. We're all shades of villainy because we've kind of, we mythologize World War II to the point where there is absolutely no nuance. And it's like, you know, we talk about, particularly in the UK, it's become a bit of a national obsession about how great we did and all that. And it is very easy because, you know, Nazis really evil. And yet at the time, people didn't believe Nazis were killing Jews. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of fascism here, and in America, they didn't yeah. want to come in the war in the first place. And all that sort of stuff wasn't necessarily the motivation for getting into the war. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't to do with, we're going to go and, you know, and save all like, these poor people. Yeah, we're not but, going to go and, and save, like, the, the Romani. We're not going to no. go save the homosexuals. No, we're not, we're not doing it for that. We're doing it for other things. And um, it's got to the point where we don't see like people talk about the blitz spirit well what people don't like to point out is there was a thriving black market in the uk during world war ii yep. there was lots and lots of crime um there was looting that went on and yep. there was a thriving underworld and we never talk about that and it's nice to see the american underworld the jewish underworld getting a bit of the spotlight and you know yep. Yes, I think there is going to be some, you know, as you say, well, the Nazis are an obvious punching bag. But at the same time, I suspect that there will probably be, you know, other crime going on because they can't stop themselves because that's who they are. They are the bad guys, but they are the bad guys we want to win. And I love that in in any crime book that when you have a bad guy, you're actually quite like. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Although I think that's uh, pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, same. Mm. Just good book. Good book. What I like. I don't think I've got a lot to add to this one that hasn't already been said. Um, good job, guys. Yay! Covered all the bases. So that's. Kind of it. There's our yeah. four books. Well, we need to we need to order. Yes. Uh, Will, would you like to go first? Yes. It's a tough week, isn't it? Sorry, tough month. As usual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not not so much. Fourth, Laura. Uh, third, a thing called Truth. I think there's just a few. particular choices that didn't quite work for me but i think that still has plenty of potential could pick up yeah then we only kill each other for the reasons i said 10 to 15 seconds ago and uh and finally what's the furthest place from here um i think rosenberg and boss are quickly becoming like one of my favorite comic duos i Mm. love four kids walk into a bank and this just feels like it's got that same vibe and um 
it's definitely the one I'm most excited to see. I mean, Jesus, what's it about? I don't know. Do they? <laughs> Does anyone? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> That's it. That's my four. Chew on oh. that, world. <laughs> um, I guess I can go next. I don't know what <laughs> don't know why I'm committing to that idea. So yeah, f- four is Laura. I I don't think it's bad. I just think having read Carmen, yeah, I I, I know, and it ca- it does feel very proto Carmen. I agree with Angela's statement some time ago. Um, <clears throat> Three is probably we only kill each other. Um, I'm into it, and I really liked this first issue. I think Stephanie Phillips is a really good writer, and everything she's written, um, Nuclear Family, and the other ones. Butcher of New York, did she do? Butcher of New York, thank you. Um, Butcher of New York, no, Butcher of Paris. Sorry, Butcher of Paris. Absolutely. Butcher of New York is also available. Um, Butcher of Paris and an Nuclear Butcher, Family. An American Butcher in London. American. American. Um, Tana. I have read other books by her and I can't think what they are. No. But um, I, I've liked all of what I've read and equally Peter Krause, I think he's a great artist who has a very kind of classic comic style. Um, I just... I think I liked other things more. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> then it's even harder because I, I just don't yeah. know. Um, can I have a, a joint second place and nobody wins? Is that? I'll go with that. Um, no. Pick. <laughs> Sophie's choice. Choose between your babies. I, I think both of the the thing is with with both a thing called truth and what's the furthest place from here. I have no clue where we're going next issue. I just don't really know. Um, I hope burgers are alive in this one. <laughs> oh man, I love burgers. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he didn't die. He just went to the apocalypse. <laughs> went to the city. Um, two. I'm I'm gonna go a thing called truth. It's. Both these books, again, are are things I've been waiting for and looking forward to since they were announced. I'm going to stick with both of them. A Thing Called Truth um, has one weakness that What's the Furthest Place From Here doesn't, and that is What's the Furthest Place From Here has a, like, three-page Hall Notes joke. And whilst I'm not particularly sure the issue needed to be 60 pages i think it could have been there's so many chapter breaks i feel like you could have cut it in a variety of places and done it in in many ways um i think it is a solid issue and kind of throws so much at you that i'm legitimately really curious where that's going to go much the same a thing called truth i'm really curious where it's going to go i just think it could have done with being the extra length that was afforded to what's the furthest place interchangeable could have gone on either what's my point anyone <laughs> Which, yeah yeah why, why um 
I think ultimately though, so yeah, first I'm going to go, what's the furthest place from here? Second, I think, or truth. Um, my wrap-up statement for all of this would be that I think Hobbits all of... the land of contrast. <laughs> Shut up. I think the creators this month in the these books we've picked, uh, Guillaume March, um, Eliza Romboli and Yolanda Zanfardino, Stephanie Phillips and Peter Krause, um, Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss are just all really really good and okay no peter christ has been doing this a long time so he doesn't really fall into the category of the rest of them but i feel like all of them are creators that if they put out a book i'm probably gonna check it out um yeah with very little exception so everyone's pretty awesome so congrats (laughs) yeah i've done it being awesome who's next uh i'll go if you want um so (laughs) uh since i went last actually reading so uh my last place is going to be laura um i've you know it's just a case of like i've read better from the like from the creator i and i wanted better kind of with this um next i think i'm going to go with a thing called truth um really liked it um really looking forward to seeing where it goes um and watching this like mad like madcap adventure um possibly across europe possibly across the world who knows um and then it's really tough. Um, we only kill each other, and what's the furthest place from here? I really liked both of them. Um, we only kill each other didn't have a Descendants album in it, or or Cool S. So that's <laughs> oh. that's. I don't remember a dick on anybody's forehead in any other no, books. or Garfield mug. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but, oh God, this is really tough. I think I'm going to have to go with We Only Kill Each Other as number two and What's the Furthest Place From Here as number one, Garfield mug. <laughs> Hope I can't feel mugged to the sky. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to get... Oh, my God. Right, okay. So, <laughs> fourth place is Laura. It. If I hadn't read Carmen first, it might have been higher. Who's to say? But I did read Carmen first. Um, it's good. I'm glad I read it. I will probably read more. Mm. Um, and then, everybody's equal. No. Um, oh, God. I'm going to go with the thing called Truth in Third purely because it felt like it needed more. I probably, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I wanted more. So that's why. And then I'm just going to flip things to be different. And I know, I know there's going to be so much disappointment in Zach's face coming up now. 
I'm going to go with what's the furthest place from here in second place. I'm going to explain why I'm going to put we only kill each other in first. Because the one that stuck with me, the one that I was thinking about today when I was desperately trying not to strangle someone was we only kill each other. Now, there might be a reason for that, but the one that I thought about, the one that made me think the most was we only kill each other. I love... I love What's the Furthest Place from Here. I think it's a really good book. I think it's probably the best book of the four. Mm. And any other month that would have been top. But I read it. I enjoyed it. I read it again. I enjoyed it. But it didn't stick in the same way that We Only Kill Each Other stuck. In that I was thinking about Jonas and his criminal activities outside of just a reading mind frame so that's why i'm going with that but i agree with that that they're all really good creators this month Um, honestly i'm really glad i'm really glad that you've gone that way so to be honest i mean i could have i could have gone either way but i think you know why not let's just let's just flip it for the sake there you go i'm glad glad you did though because it means that like everyone's almost everyone's got some like Got a first place representation. Yeah. Almost everyone. Almost yeah. everyone. Apart from Laura. <laughs> no one likes Laura. I think it was just <laughs> circumstantial. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. if it was in a if it's in a month with some other books we've read. If it had been last it wouldn't, year, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be full. Yeah. But there we go. Sorry, Laura. Sorry, Laura, we apologize, but yeah. No, I think it's probably been I think it's the strongest month we've had. I mean, last month was strong, but this was particularly... In a while, but yeah. I I didn't find... I don't think I found last month that strong. I don't remember last month. (laughs) It was October. I don't don't really remember yesterday. (laughs) Last month. We've had some very strong months, and this one was, like, was definitely one of them. Mm. (laughs) Way to commit. (laughs) this was definitely an episode yeah about (laughs) i think we can all agree that this was one episode yeah oh i've just remembered what last month was (laughs) 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 Mm. last Uh, last month was a thing it was a thing but like this month it's gone now yeah (laughs) and we go forward into the future together yes and uh, we hope that you all will uh, come with us into that future. I'm not entirely sure what's going on right now. But... I like it. I like it. Keep going. Somebody wrap it up quick. That's what I was doing. Now was, yeah. say the thing. Um, so we've been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach, collectively Bigger Than Capes. This has been Bigger Than Capes and will continue to be. And remember that comics are... Bigger than Bigger capes. Than capes. That was awful. Atrocious. Just... Oh. oh, I love that I make us do that.